Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Shelter in Peace. We are broadcasting live from AM 1160, your Catholic radio station here in Atlanta, AM 1160, The Quest, and we're here in Roswell, Georgia, in our studios. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm joined this morning, as ever, by my co-host, Ann Satilli. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, everyone. And our lovely production manager, Annie Porter. Good morning. Good morning. And um, so listeners, thank you for joining us here on this beautiful Veterans Day, this day where we honor those who fought for our freedom and especially our freedom to worship God. And we are thankful for that, especially here at um, Atlanta AM. I'm sorry. <laughs> Atlanta, some good grief. I can't even talk this morning. At your Atlantic um, Catholic radio station, it's important to us to be able to worship God. And so we are going to start this morning by worshiping God. So um, please join us as we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We praise you for all of the many freedoms that you give us and the freedom, especially from sin and death, which you gave us because your son died on the cross for us. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you for that. And Lord, we read from the book of Romans, Romans 9 Romans 12, 9 through 18, this morning, we we read, let love be sincere, hate what is evil, hold on to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, anticipate one another in showing honor, do not grow slack in zeal, but be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, endure in affliction, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the holy ones, exercise hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, have the same regard for one another, do not be haughty but associate with the lowly, do not be wise in your own estimation, do not repay anyone evil for evil." Be concerned for what is noble in the sight of all. If possible, on your part, live at peace with all. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for those beautiful words of Holy Scripture that you give to us as your love letter to us. And in your Son's precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So as we read that Scripture, just that last line, especially, Beloved, um, if possible on your part, live at peace with all. And that's essentially what we're going to be talking about today because there is so much going on in our country right now. There's so much strife and so much anxiety. And we are called to love. We are called because Jesus gave us the commandment, right? To first of all, love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind, but also to love our neighbor as ourself. And so that can be hard to do. Right, exactly. And I think it's hard to... Um, to really accept that everyone is our neighbor. Yes. Not just the people that agree with us. Exactly, exactly. So when we started talking about the theme of this show, we talked about how can we have unity and what can we do and what is God calling each of us to do, especially as followers of Christ during this time. And so we also invited um, a wonderful priest to come join us this morning. And um, usually our guests are on the second half of the hour, but um, we have got our, uh, to kick us off right away this morning, we have got Father Augustine Tron. Some of you may know him um, because he actually was a theology professor for 16 years at Blessed Trinity Catholic High School, where my kids went. Um, And he is currently the parochial vicar at St. Monica's. So Father Tron, thank you so much for your willingness to spend some time with us today. We appreciate it. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So as I said, I know you from your role as an amazing theology teacher at Blessed Trinity. Um, and you actually even came in and spoke to my mom's uh, Bible study group one time and we were all left in awe. I think you spent like an hour with us. It was amazing. Um, but you also, you've recently taken on a new role within the Archdiocese, as I said, at St. Monica's. Can you tell us more about what you're responsible for these days and what's going on in your life? Uh, yes, so I'm, uh, I'm. I'm actually have a, a couple of assignments. I'm part time at St. Monica's as the parochial vicar, so um, <clears throat> you know, just doing parish ministry now. A, a lot more of that. Masses at the parish, confessions. Uh, you know, giving some talks and and uh, things like that. But I'm also, um, uh, I'm also part time at Regina Chaley Academy, which is a homeschooling hybrid, which is right there in Roswell, also. Mm. And so they meet a couple of times a week on Monday and Thursday. So I'm there at the uh, at the center, uh, assisting with um, saying mass and and helping out in the center. And then also we actually have centers all over the country, um, about uh, 16 centers all over the country right now. And so I've been doing a lot of traveling, going to those different centers and uh, doing retreats for the upper school students, the older students, and things. So um, still working with them. With that age group, uh, with those uh, high school uh, sort of age kids, but in a very different way now, uh, and with a, a different kind of uh, demographic. Oh, that's beautiful. How blessed they are. Right? And thank you for taking thank time you. with us today. Your schedule sounds like it's packed. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it is. It's pretty packed, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Father, we, um, we've talked with you the other day um, and really want you to share with our listeners um, some of some of your thoughts about about unity and peace, um, and you had said that people have come to you during this time um, and asking for advice of you know what they should they be doing, um, and what what advice have you given them? Like, can you share that with our listeners? Well, I mean, one of the main things that I, I try to remind people is that, of course, God never abandoned His people, right? This is what we see always in the Old Testament. The, the kind of the history is that the people always abandon God, but He always mm. brings them back, mm. and He always welcomes them back, no matter what they do. He still loves them. He's still with them, and so uh, God is always there with us. And that, and so He gives us always a lot of opportunities for grace. And that's, I guess, one of the main things I try to tell them is that even if you may not have access to the, your normal avenues of grace, although you know, obviously the the, the churches are much more open now than they were. Um, uh, sacraments are beginning here at Saint Monica's. You know, we're back to our regular confession schedule, our regular mass schedule. Um, we're, we're having a parish mission right now that's going on. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, a, a, there's a lot more availability now, but of course there's still a lot of people who who uh, uh, maybe aren't comfortable yet coming back to the Church uh, because the COVID is still out there. Uh, but there's still always, you know, plenty of opportunities for grace. God, you know, God gives us that, and so we want to take advantage of those things. There there have always been places that haven't had access to sacraments um, due to maybe um, just persecution or lack of uh, lack of clergy, things like that. Mm, right. But st- saints still come, uh, are still still abound in mm. those areas, in those regions, oftentimes even more so, because they fight so hard uh, for that faith. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, it's it's very much as I often tell, uh, I have a lot of mothers who come who are you know, parents, you know, with a lot of children, and, and they're like, you know, I, I want to be in, in church doing a holy hour, I want to be at church praying, but I have all these kids that I have to take care of, and I, I, I can't do it. And it's, <laughs> you know, I remind them, well, you know, you're answering God's call for you in your life at that time, right? Mm-hmm. You're, so that is your prayer. When
when you are fulfilling your vocation, when you're doing uh, being a good mother, that that can be your prayer. Right? You can say to God, Lord, I really would rather be in front of the Blessed Sacrament with you right now, um, but you've given me these children to take care of. You called me to do this, so I have to be here at home cleaning and, and cooking and washing these diapers and, and feeding these kids. Um, and so uh, I have to offer this up to you as my prayer, right? Mm. And, and and God loves that. He, he accepts that prayer. So we have to be able to, I think, you know, not kind of box our prayer into, pigeonhole our prayer into specific right. things. You know, of course, we have the traditional forms of prayer, but that's not the only thing we could, we offer up our day. That morning offering, right, that offers up our whole day, all of our actions, all of our sufferings to God. And so, you know, we I think we can uh, be open to those other avenues and other ways to, to receive grace in our life. And certainly this has been a time when I think um, people should have really been able to, to increase their prayer. We've had so mm-hmm. much more free mm-hmm. time. You know, we want to use that time to increase that relationship with God. Well, and I think, too, one of the gifts of this time is is that redirection of we can't take the sacraments for granted um, like we may mm-hmm. have in the past. And, you know, what are these new opportunities to to pray in a different way and go and go deeper? I think God is really asking us to go deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. you said, kind of be out of the box a little bit. We're, we're finding new and different ways that God is speaking to us. So in a few minutes, we're going to um, dive deeper into some of those ways to obtain grace and how to grow in our faith. But before we do that, um, we just wanted to also just affirm, you know, to our listeners out there, you know, people are coming to Father with that question. And, um, you know, what do I do and, and what's going on? Because we recognize there's a great deal of division in our country. Um, the media, as you mentioned, when we were talking, has definitely exacerbated it. And made our differences and our divisions greater than they really are. Um, and so how, first and foremost, as Catholic Christians, how are we called to respond? Yeah, well, you know, there's an old expression that's um, uh, that's given to St. Augustine, although I, I believe that, uh, you know, so many things are attributed to, to people that, that have been lost in history. We're not exactly sure if Augustine said it, but there's an old expression, in essentials, unity, and non-essentials, liberty, and all things, charity, mm-hmm. right? And so... Always, uh, in all things, we want to respond to people in charity and you know in love. Um, we know that that I think the the as you said, the media kind of I think makes the division sound worse than it is. I was just uh, recently reading, you know how. Um, uh, Democrats believe that only half of Republicans would acknowledge that racism still exists in any way in America, when the reality is really about 80 percent of Republicans still think there is still some some form of racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe maybe not uh, maybe not uh, uh, system, systematically, but but racism still exists. And conversely, you know, Republicans think that only half of Democrats are proud to be Americans, when really about 80 percent of Democrats are proud to be Americans. So I think sometimes we 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 think that the division is greater than it is, and oftentimes in the media, and, and certainly in social media, you know, the internet was supposed to be this great information superhighway. We have access to, to all of, all so much history, so much information uh, out there in the world, uh, and instead of going out and, and, and finding all these different ways of thinking and what, what people have said, um, we just kind of find the people who agree with us, mm-hmm. and 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 only uh, talk with those people. You know, making uh, making the divisions I think worse instead of kind of broadening our mind and our and our scope. And so then we tend to see. Um, 
you know, people who disagree with us more as enemies than just people who, who are just in disagreement. And so, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we then tend to uh, see their viewpoints as being evil. And, and of course, we should hate evil. But, you know, their, disagree- their, their viewpoints may just be different, uh, different ways of, of achieving the same end may not be something that's so evil. And so, um, you know, we want to have a little more, try to be a little more understanding, show a little more love in that way. Um, because I think when we, when we uh, treat people with that, with, uh, with that lack of, uh, lack of love, that lack of charity, once again, you know, St. Augustine teaches us that, you know, you know that the, the criteria for mortal sin, right, is that it has to be a great matter. We have to know that it's bad and then we have to willfully choose to do it. So we can't be, we can't be forced to sin. I often teach this when I'm teaching morality that, you know, the most that someone else can do to you is to to destroy your body, right? The most Mm -hmm. violence someone can do to you is to harm your body. Only you can kill your soul, because Mm -hmm. only you can choose to willfully commit a sin. And so when we don't love others, when we're not uh, uh, treating others without charity and love, we're doing more harm to ourselves than any harm that they could do to us. uh, by whatever position they're, they're holding or, or things that we think that they may be doing that's bad, um, if we can respond to that in charity and in, in, uh, in love and be that good example, then perhaps right, uh, they'll respond in the same way, and then we can have honest dialogue with each other. Oh, that's great. That's such great advice. So listeners, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Father Augustine Tran. You might also know them as Father Augustine Tran. We were laughing before we started, <laughs> Father, that we called you Father Tran at Blessed Trinity, but I know that you also go by Father Tran. Um, but he's got such great words of wisdom for us, especially during this time. And, you know, Father, one of the things that we've talked about on the show quite often is that our enemy is not with flesh and blood. Our enemy is against these principalities of darkness and all the division that we're seeing and all the ways that the internet and and media has created this they've just become pawns right of the evil one to cause us to do this because he's trying to devour our soul he i mean we even pray Mm -hmm. against that right in our saint michael prayer Mm -hmm. he's trying to devour Mm -hmm. our soul as it says in scripture but we need Mm -hmm. to realize that hey we can fight him and we've got all of these these ways that we can fight him and and as you said loving people and being charitable toward each other is one of the great ways one of the greatest ways that god's given us to be able to Mm -hmm. to fight this battle yeah well and i I think as you're saying that there we have more things that are the same there's more things that unite us than divide us and we need to concentrate on Mm -hmm. this um the the gospel this morning from from luke was the story of the 10 lepers Mm. you know jesus Mm -hmm. healed all of them yeah and only Mm -hmm. one came back glorified god fell to his feet said thank you Mm -hmm. and he was he was a samaritan Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um jesus is always turning the viewpoint around for us um you know, the, the Jews didn't respect the Samaritans at all. They were, um, they hated each other. Right. You right. Know? So um, those were the enemies of the day, right? Right. Yeah. That's a real mm-hmm. lesson for us that the scripture speaks to us of that every day. Yeah. 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 Well, certainly, you know, you, you were talking about, um, about how the uh, a lot of the technology, the media, and things like this have, are pawns of Satan. I was just it just brought to mind uh, how you know during this whole lockdown, the um, all the tech stocks, a lot of them, you know, were, were going up, and and uh, because people were home alone, and so they're spending more time on their technology and 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 you know watching more movies and streaming Netflix and stuff like that. When you know, of course, this would have been a perfect time for them to turn all that stuff off mm-hmm, <laughs> and right. spend more time. Time in quiet time 
in prayer with God, getting to know Scripture better, right? Uh, getting to know God better through Scripture, getting to uh, increasing our, our devotional life and our prayer life and uh, things like this. And, and you know, there were so many uh, streaming liturgy. I know a lot of people, you know, were telling me that they were using the opportunity. There were so many uh, churches that they'd wanted to see around the world, and and, uh, and now they were able to do that by streaming some of these Masses. Uh, they didn't, didn't just go to their local parish Mass, but they were looking for Masses from all over the world that they could watch and see. It was an opportunity for them to see uh, some of these other churches and, and uh, you know, what was going on in other places um, to do that. And so that would have been a wonderful opportunity for people to, to do that. So I think, you know, instead of, instead of spending all that time, right, being uh, sucked into all the media and social media, right, and uh, we could have spent more time there and getting to know God a little better, increasing our prayer life. Yeah, that's great. Right. So one of the things you mentioned to us the other day, Father, was that, um, you know, a lot of us are guilty at times of not turning to God when things are going well and when things are comfortable. And um, Mm -hmm. can you speak a little bit about um, just just our our focus how do we um how do we focus on the things that are important and um like you're like you're saying the missed opportunities yeah well you know certainly when when things are very comfortable in our lives right we tend to to uh turn our focus away from god because we're we're very content we have everything that we want mm-hmm. you know one of the reasons why i think we see it's always when the church is in persecution that she is strongest right when she's suffering um why uh, oftentimes it's the faith is strongest today in, in a lot of these third world countries where mm-hmm. uh where people don't lead, lead such comfortable lives and so when we're uncomfortable um and that's when we 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 turn to God. It's just like you know the person is an addict, right? They they don't really realize that they're an addict until they reach rock bottom. They have to get to that point where, mm-hmm. they, where everything is totally out of control, and then they realize they have a problem. And now they turn to fixing that problem. And and you know as in all the twelve step programs, they begin with acknowledging you know, that there's a higher power than themselves that that's needed in order to do that. And so. You know, it's important for us to remember that ultimately, right, God is the one who should be uh, in charge of our life. He's the, the king of our life. And sometimes uh, in these times when when we aren't feeling as comfortable as we normally do, um, you know, we want to be turning to uh, turning to him, right, turning to our faith, right, recognizing that um that only in that relationship with God can we find the peace that we're looking for, not in you know in, in human things, human institutions, uh, human governments, or anything like that. Because nothing that's human ultimately is perfect, right? Only right. only the divine is perfect, and our church is the divine institution, right? All all, our, all the countries, so many governments, and so on that have existed throughout time, they're all human inventions, and and, and they eventually kind of fade out. But the church has survived uh, through all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting. There are some people who have been faithful and they've turned to God. They've turned to God in prayer and, and they're saying to you, I'm sure. And they're saying, I've heard people say as well that, you know, we we're praying, we're praying, we're asking God and we ask God for a certain outcome of the election because we believe in the sanctity of life. And we don't know what's going on and we don't, we feel like God maybe isn't answering our prayer. So father, what do you say to them about that? 
Well, you know, I always try to remind people that God always answers prayers. He just doesn't always say yes. Right? <laughs> we, we expect, we, what the answer we expect uh, is yes, and when we don't get that yes, we think he hasn't heard us or he hasn't answered our prayers. But anybody who's a parent knows that no is a legitimate answer to a question. Right? You say no to your children all the time, and you don't say no because you don't love them or you don't want them to be happy. Um, you say no because precisely because you do love them and you do mm-hmm. want them to be happy, and you know better than they that what they're asking for is not what's best for them, right? And so you say no to them, and they may, you know, they may cry and yell, and, and they don't understand. But very often, I, I'm sure, you know, uh, us as adults when we grow up, uh, you know, we look back and and, and you know, I, I say to, to to the kids all the time. Um, you know, when you're kids, you 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 say to yourself, well, "I'm going to be, I'm going to raise my children differently than the way my parents did. I'm going to let them do this." Better. And then when you become parents, right, you realize why your parents raised you the way they did, and you start to see your parents and yourself and the way you do things. You start to understand, right, that they actually did know some things. They did understand some things, right? You know, what was that mm-hmm. old expression? Um, uh, everyone who's 40 who was at one time 16, but nobody who's 16 has ever been 40. Right? <laughs> so, you know, your, your parents understand. They, they know. They've been there. Um, and this is one of the messages of the cross. This is why Christ came to save us in that way, is because he understands our suffering. He's gone through it. He knows it, right? And so he, he came to suffer on the cross um, to give meaning to our suffering, not so that we wouldn't have to suffer. So certainly God answers prayers. He just doesn't always give us the answer we want. But this is where, you know, faith comes in to help us to see that he he, he answers uh, in the way that he knows to be best. And that's what prayer is about. Prayer is about, you know, um, uh, prayer is, is not about changing God's mind. It's about changing our mind so mm-hmm. that we can see the world through God's eyes. We can see the world the way God sees it. And so it's it's difficult for us to see that because we're in the middle of of salvation history. We're not at the end, right? And so the kind of the example I often use to try to explain that is that you you know you look you. Um, you hear about this great architect that's that's coming to Atlanta to build a, a house, and you've seen some of the pictures of the houses that he's built, and, and so you want to see his work. And so you go, there may be just a couple months in the construction, and you go to see his work, and, you know, there, there's no roof on the house yet. Uh, the walls aren't finished. There's holes in them. There, there are pipes and cables all over the place. Um, and you you look at this and you say, why do people think this architect is so great? You know, this this, this house isn't isn't nice at all. Right. Well, obviously, you can't judge the house at that point because it's not finished. It's not done yet. Right. When you come back after it's done, you'll say to yourself, oh, that's why there was a hole in that wall, because mm-hmm. that was going to go there. And that's why there were those wires there, because that's going to go there. And that's why there were those pipes, because that's going to go there. Mm-hmm. So you have to come back when it's done to be able to understand why all those things uh, were, were there in the middle of it. And we're still in the middle of salvation history. We're not at the end yet. And so one day we'll be able to look back. Just like I think some of us, if we're old enough as, as adults, oftentimes my teens aren't old enough to, to haven't had enough life experience to be able to look back and fully understand it. But adults usually can look back and see, you know, mm-hmm bad things that happened in their past, which seemed horrible at the time, right? That breakup in high school was so horrible, but if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have met that great person in college that I then married and had this great life with. And so we see why some of those things happen later on and can be able to understand them better. But when we're in the midst of it, it's, it can be difficult for us to see that. And so, you know, prayer helps us to 
to be a little more humble and recognize that God is God and we are not God, <laughs> right? And so we have to allow God Quite to be a lesson. God. Uh, and so uh, to, to trust in Him, that, you know, good prayer of, the, of, the, of uh, divine mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. So to allow Him to be God and not try to usurp His role and try to see the world through His eyes and uh, help us to be able to accept those crosses when they come in our life and to see that they have meaning and, and uh, we'll be able to look back one day and see why that had to happen. That's great. So, Father, we've got about three minutes before our break, and you gave us some really great um, ideas of how we can turn our energy and our thoughts toward God and our faith. So we're going to, in a second, ask you to expand on that, but just maybe start a few of them. And then we're probably going to have to come go, go to break and then come back with you for maybe about five more minutes, if that's okay with you. Sure. Okay, great. So, Anne, I know you had some mm-hmm. thoughts about that, too. Right. So, so Father, we're, we're talking about, you know, a, a crisis of, of holiness and how we play into that individually, because, you know, we're called to be, uh, be holy as God is holy. And, and that's how we should confront, you know, these evils in our, in our life. So there are concrete ways in our church that we can, um, work on our own holiness, um, help us on our journey. Can you, uh, can you share some of those things with us that you would mm-hmm. recommend to our listeners? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, of course, I think it was St. Jose Maria who said crises in the Church are always a crisis of holiness. Mm-hmm. And so when we grow in holiness, when we are, are strengthening our relationship with God, you know, we're, we're helping to fix the situation. Mm-hmm. And so and the Church gives us so many avenues, so many things that are part of our tradition uh, that are concrete things we can do to grow in that relationship with God. Right? Um, you know, churches, so many churches are now open. We can get back to adoration, going and spending time, you know, actually physically with our Lord and the, the Most Blessed Sacrament. Adoration chapels are opening. And so, um, uh, signing up for, for maybe weekly holy hour, those sorts of things, getting back to regular Mass, right, uh, at least on Sundays, if not even uh, some daily Masses. And you know, a lot of, fewer people go to daily Masses, so if we're uh, afraid of the crowds uh, maybe at Mass, we can get to daily Mass where there are lighter crowds, fewer right. people, uh, just to receive the Eucharist, to get the, the sacraments back. Um, you know, get back to regular confession. I usually recommend to people to go about, you know, about once a month, every three or four weeks, right, uh, get, and, and that goes hand and end with the Eucharist, right? So it gives us, puts us in that proper state uh, so that we can worthily receive our Lord and the, the Holy Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Getting back to confession, uh, praying together as, as a family, right? Certainly we need individual prayer where we're praying just uh, and strengthen that relationship with God, but also we need God to be at the center, God who is love to be at the center of our love relationships. So prayer, spouses praying together, being in the middle of that love relationship, families praying together, and being in the middle of that love relationship, uh, keeping God there. So a family prayer is so important. You know, the, the family rosary, there's a, a plenary indulgence attached to, to praying a, 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 the family rosary. So not just a private rosary, unless we do it in front of the Blessed Sacrament. If we go in front of the Blessed Sacrament, we pray a rosary there. We can uh, receive a plenary indulgence for that. So the Church is encouraging us to this form of prayer, uh, but also praying a rosary with our family, right? Plenary indulgence, that's why so many Catholic families uh, uh, do that on a regular basis, pray a family mm-hmm. rosary. Um 
uh, get to know the saints, right? Uh, uh, they're the, the models for us, the heroes, the examples for us. So read about the lives of the saints, um, uh, see what things that they went through and they suffered through, uh, get to know Christ better through reading Scripture, right? It was St. Jerome who said that ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. So the more we know of Scripture, the more we can uh, uh, know of our Lord, the more we can know of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and, and really, we only need to spend about 15 minutes a day, you know, for people in, in in your state in life, who's who, who are out there working in the world, if you can just find 15 minutes a day to spend doing some sort of spiritual reading, whether it be Scripture, Lives of the Saints, the Catechism, to get to know our faith a little bit better, um, anything yeah. like that will be very, very beneficial. We'll, Those we'll are... know a lot, you know. Yeah, those are awesome. And we are going to go to break and come back from break and hear about some more of the ideas because we're just jotting these down as fast as we can, Father, because they're so they're so great. So thank you. So listeners, um, just tune in. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hey, I'm Caroline Patterson from St. Anne's in Marietta, Georgia, and you're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. The United States marks 47 years of legalized abortion since Roe v. Wade in 1973. Abortion has taken a terrible toll on America. We have lost more than 61 million of our sons, daughters, friends, and neighbors. The total number of babies killed in abortions in the U.S. equals the combined population of 19 states. Looking at the numbers another way, these abortions equal the population of the entire country of Italy. Imagine if Italy or 19 states and every single person living there was entirely wiped off the map. It would be a global catastrophe that would leave every single human being on the planet in shock and horror. But when it comes to aborted babies, some people celebrate that massive destruction of human life. Others just don't care, but we must speak out for the voiceless. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you, too. One listener shared. I don't know what I would do without The Quest. Every day I get an update on the Catholic Church and hear inspiring stories. I thought I knew a lot about my faith, but I'm learning something new every time I tune in. I feel connected to a larger Catholic community. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest provides Catholic content 24-7. While you'll only find us on your radio dial from dawn to dusk, you can listen live anywhere, anytime on thequestatlanta.com. Well, listeners, welcome back. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Shelter in Peace on AM 1160, The Quest. I'm Mari Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Ann Satilli. We're back. We're back. And we also have the blessing and honor today of having with us Father Augustine Tron. And we have been talking about just um, what do we do during this time when there's so much um, division, there's so much strife, there's just a lot of uncertainty 
And what we do is we focus on God. And we talked about that last week, but this this week we're also talking about how God is a holy God. Our God is holy, and he tells us in his word, be holy as I am holy. So how do we become more holy? How do we grow in holiness and grow in our faith? Because that is the only way that we are going to be able to do what Jesus calls us to do, which is to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so, um, Father, you were just giving us a great list of a variety of things that we could do to um, really increase our faith, to let God pull, pour and help us become more holy as God is holy. We had just finished talking about how it's so important to um, spend spend time each day, even just 15 minutes a day in spiritual reading, whether that's um, sacred scripture or whether it's the catechism or whether it's reading about lives of the saints. Um, so what else would you like to share with our listeners that they can do well so you know every day we we every night we face our daily death and every morning we face our daily resurrection right mm-hmm. so we want to prepare for our daily death with uh, an examination of conscience right in the evening before we go to bed think of how we may have um uh, how we may have harmed our friends or family or neighbor and and God offended them, and uh, ask for forgiveness rather to practice that perfect contrition. And then every morning when we face our daily resurrection, we want to make that morning offering to dedicate our day to God, thank Him for that day, right? uh, give Him that 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 day. Um, God tells us to pray always, and so one way that we do that by being part of the body of Christ is uh, with that noon Angelus, right? It's it's noon somewhere in the world every hour, <laughs> and so Catholics are you know are, they're Catholics praying that Angelus every uh, every hour, and so we want to add our voice to that, and we're part of that body of Christ. We can't personally maybe be praying always, but by being part of the body of Christ. We add our voice to that. And you know what? One of the things we... we Yeah, one of the things we do here at the Quest is actually at noon, we actually um, have the Angelus um, um, prayed at noon each day. Um, Mm -hmm. Ironically, it's actually my my husband and I are the ones who recorded that. (laughs) Um, I want to tell our kids, you know, know, if you need some peace in the middle of the day, turn turn Dad and me on. We're there (laughs) saying the Angelus for you. (laughs) There's that family prayer. There you go. Right, yeah. (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Yeah. And, you know, we've been talking about about um, turning to God, you know, turning kind of off the noise from the world and mm. things. And so I always recommend to you to try to do a retreat at least once a year. You know, if you can't get away for a five-day or an eight-day retreat, to at least do a weekend retreat. There's so many of those um, that are available just real, just right next door to us, very close there in Alabama, Cosa Maria. They have uh, weekend retreats uh, almost every other weekend. Mm. Uh, very easy to get to. Um, starts on Saturday you know, on Friday evening and ends on, on Sunday uh, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. So you know something that you can get to after work on Friday and get back you know on Sunday before work on Monday. But we need that time to kind of get away and recharge, replenish, you know, stop um, thinking about all the all of our worldly cares and troubles for a little bit and, and, and kind of uh, uh, turn our focus somewhere else. Um, you know, try to uh, perhaps sign up for, for, as I said before, a weekly holy hour at the parish or wherever there might be perpetual adoration that might be near you, uh, maybe some spiritual direction. Right? Go talk to a priest uh, on a regular basis about your spiritual life. Because, you know, the thing about the spiritual life is that we're never standing still, right? We're mm-hmm. always either progressing or regressing. You know, if we, if we think mm-hmm. that we've gotten to the point where, okay, I'm very happy where I am spiritually, I'm just going to stay right here. That's probably the, the worst thing that we can do, right? the worst place that we can be. So, um, you know, there's always more that we can be doing to grow closer to uh, to our Lord. 
So, you know, if we just uh, take an inventory, look at where are we spending our time, where are we spending our money, where are we spending our energy, right? Uh, that's the things that we care about. So are we are we putting that into our relationship with God, right? Uh, are we tithing? Are we you know, perhaps turning off the television and social media, you know, fasting for some of those things? So, um uh, so that we can, you know, uh, have some quiet in our life and be able to hear the voice of God talking to us. Mm-hmm. And then focusing on others through uh, corporal and spiritual works of mercy, right? Going out there to soup kitchens, and, you know, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, maybe some, some uh, clothes in, in, in our closet. What do they say? If you haven't worn it for, you know, for a whole year, for mm-hmm. four seasons, then you're probably not going to wear it again, so get rid of it. So, uh, you know, we can take some of that stuff out of our closet and, and give it give it to Catholic charities or... Um, you know, to to others who might be able to 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 use it more, or you know, uh, uh, burying the dead. Right? We should uh, get, go out there, and, and uh, I'm sure there are a lot of, there are funerals in our parishes. Right? Anybody can attend a mass. You, you can, and it's usually announced in parishes. We can go there and pray for the dead, even if we don't know the people. We can go go to the church, sit in the back of the church, and pray for those who may have uh, who have died in our church. So you know, now, I'm not saying uh, do all of these things tomorrow. And in fact, I'm, I'm saying don't do all of these things. Tomorrow. Because if you try to do all that at once, right, it's like the person who's never run before and says, I'm going to go out and I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow, <laughs> right? You're, you're not going to be able to do it. Right? The guy who walks in the weight room and says that, you know, I'm going to try to bench press 500 pounds, right? You're not going to be able to do it. And then you're going to be, oh, this is impossible. And then you'll never go back and, and, mm. and try again. Mm. Whereas if that guy, you know, if, if that guy had just gone in and, and just run one quarter of a mile just once around the track today and maybe go tomorrow and, and do another quarter of a track. And then, you know, maybe in a week he does half a mile and another week he, he adds another quarter of a mile or the person who just is just bench pressing the bar and then he goes in and maybe just adds 10 pounds and he adds 20 pounds slowly. You know, he's doing more good for himself doing that little bit mm-hmm. than had he tried to do too much. So when we, it's the same in the spiritual life. Very often, when you look at it on paper and it can look like, oh, this is easy. I have time to do all this. I can do these things. <laughs> and we try to do it, and it's much harder than we think it is. So it's much better to have a plan, right? Where do I want to be spiritually in my mm-hmm. life? You know, have a goal. What would be my ideal spiritual day? What would that look like? My ideal spiritual week, my ideal spiritual month, my ideal spiritual year. What sorts of things do I want to do? Um, and then, you know, have that plan, have that target, and then just try to add, you know, one thing. I'm going to work on just this one thing until this becomes a regular habit in my life and it's a part of my spiritual life. And then once that's become a habit, then I'll go back to my plan and try to add something else to slowly build in that in that growth. And, you know, we, this is a perfect time to do that because we have so much time to, you know, to focus on those things and on what really matters. Right. And we're coming up on Advent, which yep. um, is a mm-hmm. great opportunity yep. to put some of these things in, in place. Yeah. Put those in yeah, place. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Father Tron, those are wonderful. And, you know, we really appreciate you taking your time today with us and also Rec- helping us to see such practical ways that we can continue to grow in holiness and but just also your wisdom and your truth. I mean, we are called to speak truth and love and, and encourage one another. And I think that your words today have really encouraged our listeners. Um, one of the things that you told us when, when we were prepping is you said, you know, if you're able to consistently do some of these things, some of these various um, practices and works that you just talked about, we're you're a- better able to see the world through God's eyes. And don't we all need to do that right now? Don't we all really need to see the world through God's eyes because yeah, our human eyes. Oh, it's, it's kind of ugly out there right now. Um, 
Mm-hmm. So being able to see through mm-hmm. his eyes is just a beautiful hope that we that we have and um, that we're able to do. Well, we know that you are heading off to get ready for a meeting. So we thank you for being with us. Would you be willing to bless our listeners with a prayer, Father? Yeah, certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of our lives. Thank you for the gift of our faith. We thank you for the quest and the blessings that's been in so many of our lives, helping us to grow in our relationship with you and our knowledge of the faith. Uh, we thank you for this wonderful country that you've given to us and the blessings you've given to it. And on this Veterans Day, for all those who have uh, suffered and, 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 and died uh, giving their life uh, to defend this wonderful country, we ask that you bring peace and, uh, into our lives, into our country, into uh, some of the chaos that's going on in the world today. May we turn our focus towards you uh, and find our true peace, our true happiness, our true home with you in all that we say, all that we do. And so, uh, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, your patron saints, your guardian angels, may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Thank the Son, so and the Holy much. Spirit. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Beautiful God bless blessing. You. Thank you, Father. That was beautiful. Thank you, Father. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you again for being on with us here on Shelter and Peace. It was a blessing. Thank you. Thank God bless. you. Oh, so listeners, that was that was wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah. I know. I feel like I just need to rest in peace now. <laughs> I know, but we have to still keep talking. So, I, yeah, we, we can't, we, we can't uh, stop. And we always have problems keeping talking, don't we? I know, really, really. We only have 18 more pages, listeners, really. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, one of the things, God is so good because if we don't get the message once, he continues to repeat it in a lot of different formats. And Anne and I, oftentimes when we're preparing for the show, we start to laugh because God has revealed kind of the same thing to each of us in a, in a number of different ways. And we started preparing, this show actually was the one we thought we were going to have last week. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were listening last week, you know that we said we were moving it. Um, but when we started preparing for it, we had these different ideas and we started talking about, you know, well, what is the truth? What's the truth that we do know? And, and what do we need to do? You know, we need to really look at at our own hearts. And one of the things, you know, as father Tron was, was telling us, these are all these different ways we can grow in holiness. And I know that, um, I met at the very beginning of the year with a group of women and we prayed and we were just asking the Holy spirit to reveal to us what, what's going on. What do we need to be focused on? And one of the things we kept hearing was, um, you need to be holy. You need to clean things out of your life. You need to clear things out of your life. You need to um, spend a lot of time in prayer and that type of thing and, and focus on basically your own spiritual lives is what we were hearing. And so in preparation, Anne and I both, um, we got to watch a video. If you haven't seen it, Dave Pavanka, Father Dave Pavanka, who's actually the president of um, Steubenville um, at Franciscan, Franciscan University. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. He put out a great video for the day after the election. And he started by talking about what do we know? What are the things that we do know? And I think that's so important for us to focus on, Anne, isn't it? Right, because we can go down that deep, dark rabbit hole of, of mm-hmm. what we don't know, and that doesn't bring us hope. So we need to focus on the things that we do know. We know that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. He's our Lord. Mm-hmm. He's our Savior. No matter what's happening here, um, th- this is not our home and our destination, the no. earth. <laughs> you know, we have to look beyond beyond mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And as Father Tron just shared, shared with us too, and God will never abandon us, right? He is sovereign, he is our savior, and he will not abandon us. And yeah. 
Right. And as, as father um, also said, we're the ones who abandon God, Mm, you know, so this is our opportunity to turn back towards him because he's not, he's not leaving us. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, And and even if we can't see and understand, Mm -hmm. um, the truth is God is working good through all things. Mm-hmm. Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and so that is, that's the other truth that we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he does, he loves us. And the fact that the reason Jesus gives us the command to love him and then to love our neighbors is because Jesus knows that we need God's love first, that when we allow God to love us and we allow God's love to fill us, and we want that to happen deep within our hearts. That is what can drive out um, all the things that get in the way of us being able to love other people. Right. Right. Because so often we fall into the trap of, of filling ourselves with with pride mm. and anger, discouragement, bitterness. Yeah. But yeah. but the but the truth is that the, the Lord is in our hearts and he wants to take up and fill up our hearts with his with his love. Exactly. So we know that we can't change external situations. Um, and we also know that we can only change how we respond. Right. Um, and Father Dave asked a great question. I think Anne, you and I both wrote that question down. We did. So what needs to change in me to be a blessing? to promote peace and unity in the world. What needs to change in me? Right, right. And you know, and it is a time of a lot of suffering, a lot of affliction. And and one of the things that came to mind was this um, scripture from Romans 5, starting at um, verse 3, that um, uh, we know that affliction or suffering produces endurance. Some translations say perseverance. And then endurance and perseverance create proven character and then proven character produces hope and it is that hope that does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts like we just said Mm -hmm. through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us and that's such a beautiful promise that God gives us it it is a beautiful promise um but it's also a process yeah you know and and sometimes we want to skip to the end yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and not go through the process so so one of the things that father um tron also said is he talked about spiritual reading Mm -hmm. and how we can grow in in our faith and our holiness and it's one place for us to to start yeah um and i always uh fall into just what's comfortable for me is, is just reading scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we have a real opportunity in our church, a, a real resource of truths in the catechism of the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a really great place to, to start. So as Mari and I were preparing for, for today, um, I pulled that up on the internet and, um, and started to really look at the virtues, mm-hmm. um, because that's part of that process. If we develop those virtues, yeah. those good habits, yeah. um, we come to the place of peace and hope. Um, so, so listeners, I did, you probably already know this, but you can look up the catechism of the Catholic church on the internet yeah. And really start to delve into some of these things that will help with holiness. And there are references um, in the different sections of the catechism that will also pull you to look at scripture, to yes. look at quotes from the saints, mm-hmm. to um, to really expand your, your mind and your opportunities for praying through some of these things that would help us on that road to holiness. Right. You know, it's interesting because God did reveal to both of us that virtue was a big piece of this, right? And we're saying we're, we want to grow in holiness. We want to be virtuous. 
And then, you know, God keeps on repeating it over and over again. And so it was interesting because we had already talked about this. And then last night I listened to one of Dr. Edward Sree's podcasts. I love his podcast. He does one called All Things Catholic. And um, and he talked about virtues last night, mm-hmm. you know, and he actually referenced the catechism, the same one that Anne had pulled up when she was preparing. So once again, like I said, God, just make sure you get it right. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so um, he referenced it and then she had pulled it up and it's the catech- it's catechism um, 1803. So when I Google, just so you know, when you want to Google something in the catechism, you can just put right into Google CCC, which stands for Catechism of the Catholic Church, CCC 1803. And interestingly enough, instead of just starting with narrative, that um, paragraph in the catechism actually starts with scripture. And it's one of my very favorite scriptures. And would you read that? I love this scripture. Um, yep. Scripture, Philippians 4, 8. Yeah. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm. Yeah, once again, I could just be quiet for a while and just let that sink in. Yeah. Um, And I love that scripture. And what's so fascinating is that the catechism starts their description of virtue with that scripture, because, you know, virtues are those things that are sunk deep within us. And how do we get virtue? But by thinking on those things that are true and honorable and just and pure, all the things of God, what he's describing is all the things of God, um, not the things that are of this world, not the things that are on the news, not the things that are on the internet, but all of these things that are of God and that God brings us peace when we do this, you know, and as we grow in virtue, um, it becomes not just a habit because, um, it's, it's not just a habit. It's even more than a habit. It's, it's something that if you practice it enough and enough and enough, that it's something that happens within you very easily, very consistently. the fiber of your being. Yeah, exactly. I love that phrase, the fiber of your being. And the other piece of it, and this is something Dr. Sri mentioned last night, I thought was great was, and it also, um, incorporates joy. So there's a joy piece to it too. Right. Yeah. Those, those fruits of the Holy Spirit are yeah. manifested when we practice those, those virtues. Exactly. Um, and as you read through this in the, in the catechism as well, those virtues then lead into practicing those corporal and spiritual works of mercy, mm-hmm. like Father Tran said, Yeah, because we have to, we have to do something. There has to be an action, mm-hmm. um, to develop those in those in our lives, temperance, prudence, fortitude, justice. Yeah. You know, it was interesting as you read those, as you read these virtues, um, you know, we've got the the basic, first of all, the faith, hope and charity, uh, faith, hope and love. These are the building blocks. Right. But when you read those other ones about prudence and temperance and fortitude and justice, I go back to what he was saying about how the mom busy with all her kids mm-hmm. is saying, oh, my gosh, but I don't have time to go to adoration. And he's saying, but you are your life is a prayer. Your actions are a prayer. These corporal works of mercy that you are giving these little children, you know, right. your feet 
feeding you're feeding the hungry right with <laughs> right. that child screaming you're clothing the naked the one who jumped out of the bathtub and is running around your house right <laughs> you know you're doing all of these things and i oftentimes say that oh my gosh one of the best ways to be um become holy is to uh be in a, be in a family right? right because people will push your buttons and have right. different thoughts than you and they will have you try you, you do have to choose charity and choose to practice prudence and and moderate your desire you know that practice of temperance right well and the beauty of the the virtues is that those theological virtues faith hope and charity come from god god instill those instills those in us he gives us we don't have to earn those we don't have to work for those and then we use those and are able to develop those those other virtues to be holy as he is holy yeah so he doesn't abandon us and he gives us everything we need Right. To live in, in unity and hope to have joy and peace. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we've only got a few more minutes. And of course, we've got about what now, 15 more pages that we wanted to <laughs> talk through. So I think we're doing a whole show on virtues at some point. I think we should. I think we should. I, I just got fascinated as I started to study them a little bit more. And you're right. We just don't have time for all of those. Um, but we'd love to talk more about them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's another scripture that really struck me that I've seen a number of people talk about recently, and it's the scripture from Second Chronicles. And God says in this, this is Second Chronicles 14, it says, And if my people, upon whom my name has been pronounced, humble themselves and pray and seek my presence and turn from their evil ways, I will hear them from heaven and I will pardon their sins and I will heal their land. And oh my goodness, don't we want that right now? We want our land to be healed. Um, But the part that I think we need to recognize is that each one of us individually needs to say, God, where do I need to humble myself, right? Where do I need to turn to you and pray? Where do I need to seek your presence in my life and turn away from evil? Is there other places for me um, that I need to, to keep in mind with that? Well, and I think the prayer is like, I'm like Father said, that that we want to see the way that God sees. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we want to we want to go deeper. We want to see beyond, um, and that is humbling ourselves to to realize that our view is very limited, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that God may be asking us to to you know go in a different, in right. A different direction. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I, and, I, and I think too, sometimes we have a plan. Well, I know I always have a plan, <laughs> and um, and God has humbled me in many ways. Um, about 20 years ago when I was a new youth minister, I was asked to, uh, to go appear in front of the court to give a character reference for a teenager. Oh, wow. And I, you know, prepared and, um, and that particular day we were going on retreat that weekend. And okay. if you're, if you ever planned a retreat for a hundred teenagers, it's, it's a big deal. There's mm. a lot going on. Mm. And, um, it really didn't fit in my plan to go to the court, but I, I knew that this is what I needed to do. It was called to do. So I went in the morning to the court and I got in there and, you know, you sit out in the hallway and you wait till it's your turn to come in. And, um, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And I was starting to get really frustrated. Like, God, I'm here. I'm doing what you want me to do. This is supposed to be, you know, I have a plan. And um, as I'm sitting there, these two girls came in and they looked very different from any girl that I would have in my youth group. Mm-hmm. And 20 years ago, colored hair and tattoos and piercings and things were very out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. So um, they were, and they were being yelled at by people that were trying to get them out of the hallway. And they were very frantic. They were looking for a boy named Danny. Their friend Danny was there. He was all alone. They 
needed to get to Danny and they were shooed out of the building. And as I'm sitting there, God said to me, you need to pray for Danny. So I, so I did. And I was there for a couple more hours. I never testified for that boy. They did not need me. I went home and I thought, God, what was that all about? You know, all I did was sit in that hallway and pray for Danny. And, um, I was kind of annoyed we got to our retreat time. Um, we're loading up the buses and I'm standing in the parking lot and a little flustered with life. I'm looking down my list, trying to get everybody on the bus. And this father comes up to me and he is, he just looks bewildered. And he says to me, I have to tell you that, um, I'm having a crisis in our family and my son is not going to be able to come on this retreat. And I just found out that he's in jail for the weekend and I don't even know what happened. And, um, and I said, okay, okay, tell me, you know, tell me, you know, who, who's your son? Um, Danny. Oh, I've got so many goosebumps. I can't even tell you. Oh, so just show up. Yeah. And be guided by that Holy Spirit and yeah. do what God's asking you to do because it might not be your plan. Exactly. Oh, I think that's a beautiful way to, to close our hour here. Listeners, just show up. Be there for the one. Let God guide you. Um, love with charity, with grace, with humility. And, um, and Lord, that's what, that's what we ask you um, if we can do um, for your people. Um, so just as we, as we close, just remembering that, um, God tells us in John 13, 34, that we are to love one another and one at a time, whoever God puts in front of you. So, so listeners, please, um, go out today, do that. Look for the one that you're to love. Um, and we just, we just thank you for being with us today. And and we just close, um, in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit, our father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thy will be done. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear listeners, we look forward to seeing you again next week on Shelter and Peace.